called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servants just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Now, let me read this from the message. So that you have an idea of how much we are talking about here now. So Matthew, I'll read from verse 23 here. The kingdom of heaven, or rather the kingdom of God, is like a, a king who decided to set square accounts with his servants. As he got on the way, one servant was brought before him who owed him a debt of a hundred thousand dollars. What is the value in Naira? Fifty-eight million Naira. The man was owing fifty-eight million Naira. So he couldn't pay up, so the king ordered the the man, along with his wife and children and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, Give me a chance, I will pay it all back. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. The servant was no sooner out of the room. Not long he left the room. Then he found on his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, right? But if you're using the, the um, message, it says he owed him $10, which is 5,800 naira. He was owing 58 million naira. Somebody that was owing 5,800 naira, he locked the person up. Now, what you see here is a contrast of two people here. God, in his kindness and mercy towards us, the Bible says, while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. The debt we owed in our salvation is not something we can ever pay back. Even with another life to have to come, we can never pay back God for all he has done for us. The love he has for us is not the kind of love that had done our sin, but it's the kind of love that he raised away the depth of sin. Hallelujah. Although, even with this idea, a lot of people don't still understand salvation in his form. That God did not just cover your sin. God did not just pardon your sin. You were released from the slave market of sin. So there's no sin for God to refer to as far as salvation is concerned. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God, did, like this man, didn't just say, okay, give me time, I'll pay back. So your salvation experience is not about you living your life in such a way that God will now use your good morals. That's okay, you have tried. Make it to heaven. I know some of you have heard the word heaven at last. I know you've heard that word. But I don't see any scripture about it at all. There's no scripture about it. Because salvation is not about you working for your salvation. It's not about you living your life in such a way that God will now say, hmm, finally, come Salvation in this reality is about God seeing us in our state and saying, there is no way they can pay for their sins. Let me, um, uh, let me just come and even pay for it for them. For them. Why, did he have to, why, why, why did he have to pay the sin? 
Why? Because there's a justice system in the universe. You can't just say, you know, just like, for example, um, if you are going home now and you're about to drive your car, you can't just drive your car. There must be fuel in the car, right? So the fuel should enable the car to work. If you have to get the car home, it's likely you push the car home. So there are principles that govern life and existence. God cannot just say, yeah, okay. The debt of sin had to be paid. But man could not pay the debt of sin. God decided to come and live as a man and pay the debt for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God is not, God did not pay the debt of sin for you so that you not live your entire life paid him back for him paying your sins. Because if you could have paid for your sins to the beginning with, there was no need for him to come and even die for you and pay for your sins. So your life on earth is not you repaying back the favor he did for you. It's not about you. Some of you heard those songs back when you were growing up back, you know, say, what God has done so much for you, what have you done for him? Your life on earth is not supposed to be a repayment for what he has done for you. Your life should be a gratitude for what he has done for you. Hallelujah. Okay, so this man forgives this guy, releases him on debt of 58 million naira. He leaves the, the room and sees someone that owes him 5,800 naira and imprisons the guy, tortures the guy. And so, word got to the ears of the king that's forgiven him and said, This is what this guy has done. The same man you have forgiven has not given to other, the other person as he has received. Now, this parable. Like Jesus said, it's a, like the parable of the kingdom of God. We, in this ministry, believe so much about the gospel of grace. The gospel that celebrates what Jesus has done for us. How he has loved us. How he has unconditionally not held anything from us. But the question is this. Are you living in the same manner to others? Are you living by the same grace that you have received? Or are you judgmental? Or are you such that you are holding people to their faults and their weaknesses and their shortcomings? God, God forgive us of all we could ever pay for. But you are holding somebody because he doesn't respect you. Hello? Let me state again. God is love. And God is a love being. We are born of God. We are born of his love. We, therefore, we are love beings. Your spirit is rooted in the love of God. If you don't love, you are walking against your own very nature. To live in love is to live by the nature that God has created your spirit by. You cannot conquer and live in victory if you don't understand love because to understand love means to understand your true nature and DNA. The fabric of your DNA is love. To live in unforgiveness is to deny yourself. For God not to love you is for God to deny himself. The same way for you not to love another man is for you to deny your own self. Ah, pastor. People like that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't easily like, like people. I don't easily love people. How is that a born against statement? So I define the like person and they look very and they look very well. If God was looking at, at every one of us, he wouldn't could, could he go to the cross. 
Say this one. No sure say if I die, become born again. He loved nonetheless. He gave himself nonetheless. Do you know what? God, was, God is not looking for his, our response in return. That's why he died. He did it all the same. Love always takes the initiative. And then they forgive him unless they first come talk to him first. That's not love. Love will always take the initiative. Why? Look at that story there. That man that did not give as he had received, what happened to him? He was given to what? Let's go there. Go to verse. Go to verse 34. And the master was angry and delivered him to what? Torturers until he should pay all that he owed. Unforgiveness always leads to torture. Unforgiveness always leads to torture. And this torture can be reflected emotionally or physically. Do you know that science has discovered today that 75% of illnesses have links to emotional uh, issues? To the extent that depression is rooted to even walking in unforgiveness. You know, I want you, I want you to understand how deep this is. The number of people living with unforgiveness is so high that even those who live in unforgiveness don't know they are living in unforgiveness. They may, when you mention unforgiveness, they may think, be thinking about immediate occurrences. Maybe something that happened recently at the office or at home or even in church. But the root of unforgiveness can even go as far back as when some people were as, as little as seven years old. Something their parents did not do for them. Something their dad did. Or something their parents did that, you know, maybe wrong decision the parents made that affected their opportunities in life. There are lots of people today, adults today, who are having it hard in their hearts um, when they remember how they grew up the circumstances they, they face with their parents that has led them to where they are today. And every day of their life, there's regret around their shoulders because of what their parents did, did or did not do. The number of people in church living in unforgiveness is alarming. It's alarming. One of the ways you know that somebody is living with hurt is that when they, whenever they mention, that, they mention, they mention that name is mentioned, how do you feel? Is that this thing within you? Is this... Is, level of uncomfort that you feel that whenever that name is mentioned it shows you that something is still showing a connect to a past hurt or anger or something that's related to the past pastor forgiving him pastor forgiving her whenever she, he or she enters the room you feel uncomfortable forgiveness is not complete unless there's a release because if you look at the word in the Greek for forgiveness it means to release to release Release cannot happen until you cannot put the blame on the person for the thing you had in your mind to begin with. As long as you see that person responsible for a misfortune, you are still holding on to that thing. Unforgiveness leads to torture, stress, anxiety, 
Some people even have panic attacks because of unforgiveness and various forms of health disorder. Do you know why it happens that way? Because unforgiveness is a contamination to your recreated human spirit. It's poison. It's like you drinking poison and you're hoping to function. How many of you did that in passport in secondary school? You ran. Not, not much past. <laughs> so I mentioned the passport. Ah, we didn't match past. How many of you did like active game like um, athletics, you know? How many of us? No, I'm not, trying, I'm not doing this so I can shame the others. No, no, no. I just want to get some permission or something. How many of you did that? Okay. Now, you know when you have done some form of exertion, what, what did they give to you afterwards? Thank you. Why? Bring your energy back to revive you back so I can continue. Hey, good. Now, imagine after you've done 400 meters, you reach the finish line. They now give you forge medicine. That instant. You can imagine <laughs> the reaction inside of you, straight away. You know that you are in the wrong place. <laughs> so imagine this. Like that story. You are a child of God born again. One of the same spirit of God. Same frequency that God operates under. Same faith, same love, same grace that works with God, works with you. Then you are holding on to grudge. It's like you taking poison. Your spirit. Now, when your spirit man is poisoned, the result is that the flesh or the body gives you signs. Stress. Anxiety. You know what Solomon said? He said the man that rules over his spirit, that, that man would be strong. Because if you are letting your spirit man be in charge, if you are letting your spirit man let be guided by peace and love and joy, the result on the outside is health. The result outside is health. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are what? They are spirit and huh? like the glucose. If you take his word to your system, the word, see, your spirit needs the words to be energized. Like coming to church this morning. I don't consider it personally, I'm, I'm just speaking myself, I don't consider it an option to come to church or attend service or whatever. My spirit needs it. I remember what Smith Wigglesworth said some years ago. He said that a lot of Christians, if you look at them spiritually, they are what they call spiritual pachoko. They eat one cool snack every Sunday. And your spirit, your spirit man needs to have constant feeding on the world. Constant feeding on the world. Not just a Sunday thing, but a regular thing at home. You should go, by now, you should go past beyond on Sunday menu. Where's my Bible? In the house. Yeah, those things you the, the cupboard. Or if it's in your phone, you, you don't even know where you save the eyes. You have even frozen the Bible self because you have frozen so many apps. You now freeze the Bible join. You should go beyond that. Your, your Bible is only coming out when you are in a gathering. You should be at a point where you understand that your daily sustenance in your spirit is the word. Which you can have by listening to the messages or direct study of the word. But you just have to ensure your spirit man is completely engaged or constantly engaged with the word. Why? Because it needs strength to move. It needs that, uh, that um, vitality to keep delivering based on its DNA. If you have not attended any church service or fellowship for a while, 
it affects the kind of decisions you make. One thing the enemy does to people before he takes them away and brings them into problem, the first thing is isolation. Isolation from fellowship, isolation from the world, isolation from um, communion. That's the first thing. Do you know that's the same way that lions also hunts too? When they want to attack maybe an antelope, they don't just rush into the head. No, they wait too. Because they, they have sense too now. Because they understand that if the head gather the lion, they will finish lion. So lion will be waiting in one corner. Can even be there for six hours. Just waiting for one antelope to leave the park. Far enough. And they will put all their focus and energy on that one. Because they, they, once they, they snow, before the, the lion approaches the camp of the, um, the antelope, they have started picking the vibration of the sound on the foot. So they just raise their ear before they now see. But that one that's has strayed away, before he will rejoin the pack, be too late. The lion will now pounce on it. That's, how, that's what happened in church. Forget those things you normally watch in your own video that they were going to be doing meeting by 2 a.m. The sherry mineral and the biscuits type of agenda. Even the devil's skin on the other secretary, Akawi. Meeting means a meeting that want to want to attack this brother. He's going to Bini or the road to put a blockage there. Let me tell you where the real attack starts from. It's isolation here. Isolation here. How did Eve? How did Eve fall? Isolation. She started reasoning with the serpent alone. That's how it starts. Your spirit man needs constant feeding on the word. You cannot maintain a love life with a starved spirit. That's why whenever I realize that, even personally, whenever I realize that I'm becoming either petty or um, maybe touchy, I tell myself it's time to go back to medication. I need to go back and start engaging my spirit man. Feed it. Let it be dense on your spirit. Your spirit. Let it be dense. Let it be heavy. See, let your communication with the world be dense upon your spirit. Let it be heavy. Don't let it be about um, small study, five minutes. Let, let it be that there's a heavy weight. Just look around right now. You can see that the cloud is already building, right? You know that it can rain any moment from now. Why? Because it has built up over a period of time. All those times you were seeing that the sun was, was hot. Was hot. The, the clouds were gathering in one corner. Now the clouds have come. Is what heavy. When the clouds are heavy, no matter how you do it, you can't stop the rain. When it's full, it will release. It was at a particular burial, you know, I mean, that are states. You know, the people call the rain doctors, have you? you people, I'm sure everybody has, has one in your village. Let me say it before you right now. You may not agree with me. No, that's okay. We don't have, you don't need to agree with everything as in church. I don't believe in doctors. I don't believe. So this lady came. They said this woman has a rep, you know, pedigree. She will hold rain in this burial. So we're about to bury this chief. Come on. How many of you have been to Delta when it's a rainy, rainy season? You will know that Lagos does not have rain. The kind of rain that will stone in you. If it has stone on your body. Uh-huh. So we got there from Auchi, um, and we were in this pickup truck. This rain was stoning us. Boom, boom, we were like, <laughs> we got to the village. 
for the burial, it was time to bury this man. The rain started heavy. When the tea come the rainy season, that period, then they called the woman, come and show her a talent. The man was doing everything, doing everything, doing everything. Everything he was doing. The rain just became angry, self. They said, let's wait. Maybe it will take time for the thing to work. It's as if the rain was informed that somebody is trying to stop you. The rain started gathering momentum. Serious momentum. That they now said, in fact, let's hold umbrella and bury the man. <laughs> See, when there is a gathering and it is thick, the release will be powerful. When you fill yourself with the love of God, based on the word of God, and you saturate your heart with it, love will flow. Unforgiveness is a heart issue. Love is a love thing. It's a heart thing. Unforgiveness is always based on the fact that you have chosen to see others not according to the grace of God, but according to their performance. There are two ways to fall from the grace of God. And I can tell you, and I promise you, number one, that sin is not any of them. Let me show you the first one, Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Interestingly, the both of them are actually mentioned in Hebrews. Hebrews 4. This is something I will, I will never ever pray for any believer that like you fall from God's grace. But there are two ways that a, an individual can fall from God's grace. Hebrews 4. Are we there? If I just say hallelujah. Hebrews 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since a promise remains of what? Entering is. Let us fear. Lest any of you come short of what? Hello. Are we here? I'm not really feeling the church at all. Are we here? It says, let us fear. Lest any of you come short of what? Of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word they had did not profit them. Not being what? Mixed with faith in those that. Look at, the, look at verse 3. For we who have what believe have entered what? So, unbelief can stop you from what? Entering to rest, right? The same unbelief can also stop you from, can get you short of God's grace. Now look at that same Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 verse 15. Let me open also from the message here too. Hebrews 12 15. It says, look at this. Let, let's take it from verse 12. Hebrews 12, verse 12. Please, let's be there. It says, Therefore, strengthen what? Oh, you're not here. You're not here. You're not here. Strengthen the hands that are what? Good. Strengthen the hands which, are, which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be, but rather be what? Do you see the thing there? You see somebody who is weak, what do you do? Strengthen. American soldiers have learned this in war. If you watch any American film, if they shoot any American soldier, what will happen? They will carry him, no matter, even if it means you shooting them, carrying that person, they will, they will, they will go forth and carry him. That body must not be left there in the battlefield. Christianity. We shoot down our own soldiers ourselves. 
whatever. If you don't believe what I believe, I shoot it down. Pow! If it's on Facebook, I unfriend you. We like to shoot ourselves. He says that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be what? Healed. See, live your life for the healing of people. Especially those who are weak. Now, 14 says, pursue peace with who? With some people. Pursue peace with your village people. Or your tribe people. Or people in your church. Pursue peace with some people, right? Did I get this? It says, all what? All men. Pursue peace with all people. And holiness which, without which no man shall... You know the people like putting that last second part. Holiness, without holiness, we will not see the Lord. How about the other part? Say, pursue peace. Because it's together. <laughs> now, let me explain this. He's not saying that if you are not holy, you will not see God in heaven. Hmm? Remember Jesus said something about those who are impure in heart. They shall what? They shall see God. Matthew 5. He's talking about the revelation of who God is. If you don't walk in peace, you will not have a revelation of who God is. How is the heart not pure when there's unforgiveness? Because unforgiveness is poison to the heart. Hallelujah. Now, where I'm going to? Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of what? The grace of God. How? Lest any roots of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many became defiled. Paul said, we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. You think the enemy will go and send somebody that will now dress in a way to seduce you. The enemy has other plans. Spring bitterness in people's hearts. How? True offenses. He will use your normal everyday life and give you a reason why you should be angry. And let your anger become, you know, advanced. Let your anger gather momentum. Now, in Ephesians 4, Paul says, be angry, but say not. You can become angry when certain things happen that you do not like. But what do you do when you're angry? What does, what does your anger lead to? Hallelujah. So, he, the, the devil knows how to make believers come short of God's grace. The first one is unbelief. When they do not believe God's promises and taste God's word as it is, they come short of the word. Just like, like you know, one of the most dangerous things that any believer can do when, when the, the word is spoken about you and said, your business is this. Ah, that's today with the Now, that's one of the worst things anyone can do. Because you will come short of entering rest. Because your business success is not by your reasoning of activity. It's your functioning in the place of rest. Let me give you one simple secret I've learned in life. If things are working, it's because you are living in the place called rest. If things are not working, it means you have left that place called rest. If things are not working, don't be looking for who is the person? Who does the whole me? Who they stop me? Who they pursue me? Who they plan against me? 
ask yourself a question. Have I left the place called rest? If things are not working, I'm telling you, it's because you have left the place called rest. If things are working for you, it's because you are functioning from the zone of rest. In the zone of rest, you rest, God walks. Outside that zone, you walk, God rests. Trust me, the results are not the same thing. The results can never be compared to the same thing. And part of entering rest is by living with forgiveness. Because you've decided you're not fighting a battle. You enter, you cease from your effort, you cease from your justification, and you enter rest. When you enter rest, God settles the scores for you. Hallelujah. Some people are very quick to call lawyers. Very quick to, ah, or they will be, be the lawyer himself over the case. Some people are like lawyer, judge, in their own case, and, and plaintiff, over their own matter. If you live that way, you will actually bring strife inside of you that will actually poison you. You see, right there it says, when there's root of bitterness, it leads to what? Defilement. Because your spirit is, becomes contaminated. When your spirit is, becomes defiled, you cannot get purity out of your system. Jesus says something very important. He says, it is not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. What comes out? Bitterness. Strife. Anger. Evil suspicion. We read the other time. You know, when you, like, when you like somebody, it's easy to suspect the person. Do you know somebody you don't, you don't trust? Even the person is doing something good to you, you will still not even trust the person's intention. Yeah? Somebody buy me, maybe buy me Pepsi now. I'm not, I'm not sure. There's a reason why you buy me this Pepsi. But I can't drink this Pepsi. See, I have a lot of believers I see that suspect everything. Somebody gives and gives. Say, no. Even, even like, for example, wedding. Say, when you are spraying, spray their legs. That's thing for me is like a joke. Say, because if you spray the head, you don't know what, what kind of hand you are using to touch the head. And so you spray the leg. Say, yeah, there are a lot of people who have on their wedding day, collected things that went to their house and things are not working for them since their wedding day. Let me tell you why things are not working for them. They did not resolve those issues before their wedding day. So when they got married and all the fun fair has died down, all the celebration has died down, all the plan, when everything has come, the eye has become clear. They start seeing their issues. They start having issues. Those are things that they don't they refuse to talk about before they got married. And I say, ah, it's one o'clock, somebody get to us. One clock, one work clock, come and get to us. That work clock is the reason why we are fighting this house. Then that, now you know, because you don't know which clock is the problem. You not guarding on the clock. They are burning on the clock. Put anointing oil on the clock. You, see, Africans don't like to learn. We like to use the supernatural to explain ignorance. That's, we, are, we are good at that thing. Then give you this thing. <laughs> this thing they give you now. Have you ever read in the place in the Bible where it says they shall drink deadly thing, but it shall not hurt them? Have you ever read that place? Whenever I hear people talk, talkers can say, hey, be careful what you collect, that they can poison you. I know, I know, but when I hear for their vocabulary, I know they don't know who they are. You know, um, some months ago, not too long, my, my wife traveled 
And Louis' mom here brought rice for me. In fact, I sit today, I pray for her. <laughs> because that rice came divinely inspired by God. If you know what it means to be as a man to take care of children at home, I was thinking, I'm like, wow, what do I cook just do? And I also said, uh, Pastor, 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 I recognize. I said, ah, that's After seven, ah, I rushed downstairs, go open the gates. I just saw, ah, I said, she bring, bring your rice, breakfast. Hey. I was short of words. I carried the rice, entered the kitchen. I was so happy that I posted it on Facebook. I said, ah, thank God, God has provided. Somebody now told me, hmm. Hmm. That's how people can give you poison to eat. Anyhow. I even post it on Facebook. That's how you can just give poison. You just collect the poison anyhow. I was very angry at that person. Very angry. For two reasons. Number one, this person does not know who this person yeah, I mean, it would be evil of me to start thinking that when glory, hmm, what will make her wake up in the morning and cook rice and bridge mouse, something that she does not normally do, they are not beginning to suspect her because that's what majority of Christians will normally do. This person does not do things like this. Uh-uh. Then you know what they will do? They will go and keep rice somewhere and keep rice and cook and not cook rice. It's called foolishness. You think it's every gift you give people that they, they've taken? Some people collect gifts and throw it away. Because of this kind of mindset, taught by pastors some pulpits, be careful when people give you gifts you don't expect. Everyone is a suspect. Everyone is a suspect is a doctrine from hell. It's not a biblical teaching. Now everybody is not suspecting everybody. You do good to somebody, the person is suspecting you. Now you don't want to do good. Say if I give now, they will start thinking that I have done something to give this person. It's, it's error. It's error. If you live by suspicion, eh, everything around you will walk around suspicion. I remember one lady one time, ah, God, I couldn't wait to leave her. Everything that was not walking around that, she was suspecting they are here, they are here, they are here. We entered the house, we went to on television, television refused to on. Ah, they are here. Television, they are here. Then the next day, we go to our car. She wants to start the car. car if you start. No, Martin, if those of you that drive car know that so there are times you on, on car, car will not start. You can drive a car now from where you reach your house. Stop the car and now go back and start the car. You will not start. Abby? She wants to start the car. Car, if you start. She carries anointing oil. Anointing car. Anointing this. Father, in the name of Jesus. They are here. So it's anointing the car. They have touched the car somewhere. They have touched the car. When you live by suspicion, you cannot function effectively by faith and love. You can't. It's not possible. Because suspicion brings torment. Fear casts out torment. So you either embrace love or suspicion. The one that either brings the fear or the one that chases away fear. Hallelujah. Second reason why I was angry at that lady was, so you mean that if I eat that little, it will affect me. You don't know who I am. I'm like God. Imagine, imagine this. Do you know Jesus was on earth and there were times they were also giving food to eat? Hello? Let's imagine that Jesus got food from Mary Magdalene. She brought food from his house. 
Master Peter, eat. And I said, Peter, come. Come, come. Shop, shop, shop. Come, come, come. Just, just smile. Huh? That bit kind of go back. As we pass Galilee to the water, don't trust that woman. Don't trust them. I hear say she'll be a prostitute. As you come bring, I can't chop food from prostitutes. Or, scenario number two. He gave her the food, gave Jesus the food, and she just started eating. Just, ah. Ah. And she put something in this food. You, can you imagine that scenario? It sounds very strange. How come you are the one now thinking like that? Are you not like him? As he is. Abi? As he is. So, we have a lot of people who are functioning with suspicion, fear in their hearts. And they look at people and don't trust people. Don't trust their intention. Of course, people are people. In fact, a lot of people have, a lot of people have wicked hearts, plans, you know. But that's not your duty to be inspecting everybody's hearts to know what is there. That's not your duty. Because if you want, if you want to live every day of your life inspecting people's hearts, <laughs> my brother and my sister, you will not live life. You won't live life. Jesus knew from day one that out of the twelve, one will betray him. And he enjoyed the moment with the twelfth person till the man finally betrayed him. In fact, he put on himself, Greg, already not going to do what you're supposed to do. He did not treat Judas lesser than Peter. He related to P- Peter and Judas with the same love. And when there was still time for the man to betray him, he said, Guy, hurry for the appointment. <laughs> Go do things what to do. But if it's us, and we are suspecting Judas from day one, the first thing we do is to strip him of the li- treasurer post. As was treasurer. Then whenever they tra- say, let us meet at the mountain, you know, say, except Judas. You will make sure that. You know that. But I knew. But he always brought him. Why? Judas had the opportunity to still always turn back. Even when he betrayed Jesus. What is the difference between Judas and Peter? They both betrayed Jesus. Right? But you know the difference between Peter and Judas? Sunrise and sunset. How do I mean? If Judas had waited... For sunrise, you'd have seen that Jesus, before the same sin he committed. Peter was there to sunset and received justification for the same thing he did. Hallelujah. Let us learn to learn from him, from our Lord Jesus. Depression is anger turned inward. What is anger stemming from? Anger can come from the fact that you look at the fact that things are not working as you, as you expect. You know? Or you have your partner, your spouse, and you're angry at your spouse because your spouse, before you got married to him, sang this song for you. I will show you the world. Take you wonder by wonder. Over sideways, and you're like, ah, and I marry this guy. Everything will be in the house. Then you marry the guy. The song changed to that one. I don't tire. I don't tire. I don't go back to my village. Why? Because like, there's no television. There's this one. There's no furniture. 
This is not a big bargain for. And now you are not angry at the person because of disappointment. Guess what? Gradually, you step into the realm of unforgiveness. Now that things are supposed to work out, your bitterness in your heart and his disappointment will start working against each other now. That seed that both of you have sown cannot be a hindrance for things to work. So it is not that somebody gave you work luck that has something. It is the root of bitterness that has sprung up between both of you. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, there's a place in the Bible that says about couples. It said, uh, when you are fasting, it said, communicate well to your partner. You are fasting. So that you are both in agreement. It says, because if the other person is not happy, so remember that both of you are heirs together of the grace of life. That your prayers not be on what? Unanswered. Or hindrance your prayers. A lot of couples are living together. I mean, believers are living together and they have a lot of hindrances to their prayer around them. Why? Because the hindrance is actually living inside of them. Number one, chiefly, unforgiveness. There's a part of you that is, you look at that person and your hurts. And sometimes, it may not even be the past, fact that you, the man you married or the woman you married. It could even be the fact that the home you came out from. Practical example is Joyce Mayer. How many of you know Joyce Mayer? Well-known preacher. She was molested by her own father when she was young. Molested by her own cause and uncle again. Then the first guy she ever dated also molested her. So, in those three experiences, she started seeing men from the angle of men are users, men are, you understand? When she now married her husband, this guy, calm, going guy. No issue, no problem. I mean, any woman in this world can leave that guy. But she was having a problem with him. Why? She was trying to make his husband pay for what the father did to him. Sometimes, as people are living the issues today, they are trying to make people around them pay for what somebody else has done for them. They are still living with unforgiveness. They say they live with hurts and pains. And whenever that is done, it always affects the manifestation of grace around their life. Grace needs the platform to manifest. Unforgiveness, hurts and pain limits the manifestations of grace. God told us that this year, that this is the year of what? Infinite what? That's why he's bringing our focus to things that will stop it from happening. If we get rid of bitterness, get rid of pain or offenses from holding us, we will indeed walk in that thing that God has planned. See, like I told you before, forget this thing you hear about the devil, about the guy getting together. What he needs to do in your life to stop you from getting into God's plan is to put those things out of you, those simple things. Offense. You are angry at this person. And now look at Hebrews, Ephesians 4. Let me show you something there. Hebrews 4. Sorry, Ephesians 4. Let me show you something I saw recently. Hebrews, sorry, why why do I keep saying Hebrews? (laughs) Ephesians 4. Let's take it from verse 23. Let's read together. Want to go? Be renewed in the what? Let's read together. 
Once, once again, be renewed. Did you see that? Be renewed where? There has to be renewal there. There has to be renewal. Why? 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 Next verse. This is, and that you put on the what? Which was created according to God in what? You have a choice every day to either put on the new man or the what? The old one. Remember, like I said last week, the old one was crucified in Christ. So the old one actually is not alive. But the old man has what? A programming that can work in your mind. So you can walk by the programming of the old man or put on the new man. And in putting on the new man, you are renewing the spirit of your mind. Therefore, putting away lying, let, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are what? Members of one another. Be angry. It's okay. Be angry. And do not sin. Or be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your rot. You are angry and disappointed about something. If you let time pass by, something will begin to happen to that thing inside of you. It will begin to fester and grow. And because it is ugly, ugly things don't grow into nice things. They grow and become more ugly. Hello? Look at the next verse. Nor give place to... Nor give place to the devil. The Greek word there, devil, is the word diabolos. Don't give place to the slanderer. When somebody has offended you and you are angry and you are now saying things, imagining things, the longer you remain there, slanderer will come and slander. E.g., you are angry and disappointed at your husband. Slanderer will come and start speaking to your ears. You see now? You think he really loves you? No, he doesn't love you. This, this thing that's happened right now has the proof that he doesn't love you. This is the only time that the devil is patient. Because he will take his time to, to counsel you. To be like a copywriter. You see... Just look at the incident. He left you here. Because he can always leave you. All the other times that he did not leave you, he was just forming. He needed to get your attention. He needed to get you. But now is the proof that this is the real man you have married. The one that can always leave you at any time that is important. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. He might leave you in Todd Bailey Bridge. You say, ah, it's true. Hmm. Prophet, speak more. Prophet, prophesy. And you come to say, I'm, I'm still here, I'm still here. I will tell you more. The slanderer will not slander your husband or the slanderer will slander your wife. Say, ah, so this woman can do this one. Eh? All the time I go to the office, what is she doing at home? Hmm. I don't sit, sit down there. Sit down there. You think you have wife. 
don't know what you marry. You marry husband. You know it's not wife. It's not wife you marry. The slander will start speaking to you, ministering to you smoothly. You know, like, the Bible tells us that when Satan ministered to Eve, he gave us the image of what? A snake. It's not that it was a physical snake. It was trying to give you the personality of the slanderer. Smooth talker. Snakes. You think you know about him. <laughs> you don't know anything yet. That was smooth. Cunning. Make you look real. The man shouts on your head. That means he does not respect you at all, oh. And you think he respects you? No way, sir. It's true. See, Dan, dear, let me tell you more. Say, speak, prophesy. You see, that other day, that thing happened. You not start bringing out the library and the diary. That other one happens. Eh, that one, yeah. Something is happening. By the time the devil is now done with the person, the spouse will now see the other spouse. That has changed. Next thing. This other person that makes one statement, you will not get seven as response. Ah, what's happening? <laughs> Why? Because somebody has cooked the thing inside of you. Cooked the thing well. So you are now fighting, not the current incident. You are now fighting based on what you have built over time. Because you had a slanderer as a partner on your side. There was something I left from my wife when we just got, um, got to know ourselves. And it's something I respect from her. You know, those days when we got to know ourselves, we may just have one disagreement here and there. And she's going home. The next thing she tells me, she's not going home. Now, before she will go home, we must first settle the matter first. It was the first time I've seen something like that before. So, oh, let's sit down. Let's, let's talk. We'll talk it out. Since I'm going home, we know that the matter is settled. You know, it was for, for me like shock because I grew up in a house where if we get fights, hmm, maybe me and boss, yeah, shall we shout, 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 we leave, we walk out, we pass by, say half an hour, let me buy biscuits. <laughs> no apology. Not, we don't discuss the matter. Maybe it's still feeling inside, I don't know, but we just live, continue living life. You know? By that way, you have something with you, got a question with you, and you will charge that episode. In this house, people are making me feel like prisoners. After 30 minutes, he will call you come from the room, come on, on television, and in the parlor. <laughs> no apology. But I learned that I couldn't live with her that way. So I had to adjust. But what she did was scriptural. She was trying not to let the sun go down on anger. Because if she had gone home, means I go, I say my own house, she had an opportunity to, to, to meditate over the matter. I mean, I will do my own meditation too. And our meditation will not be godly. Trust me. Because I'll be meditating from pain and not from the word. Hallelujah. And when that one happens, when it has grown well, when we see, meet each other, we will give each other as we have cooked in ourselves. And you can never have healthy relationships when you let the slanderer encourage you about the, your spouse or your other person. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. In fact, the best thing to always do is if you have issues with somebody, find an appropriate time when you both can have a very good conversation. Quiet, good moments, and then you can now share 
and ask questions. And is this what you mean? This is what I perceive. This is what you mean. And when you clear things, you realize that in that um, particular atmosphere, you'll be able to remove things from um, growing within you as wheat. The last one we're going to share with us today is Romans 12, verse 17. Romans 12, verse 17. Okay, let's take it from verse. Um, let's let's read through from verse twelve. From verse twelve says, "Rejoicing in what? Hope, patient in." Hello. When you are going through tribulation, what do you, what do you do? Be patient in tribulation. Continuing what? Steadfastly in prayer. It's a, pro- it's a process. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Giving to what? This is something here. He's saying that you may be in a state where things are not working for you or seem not working for you. What do you do? Rejoice in hope. Patient in what? Tribulation. Distributing to the needs of people. In other words, don't be like those who say because they are going through some problem in their life, they isolate themselves. Help nobody. Let everybody help themselves. Right now, help myself. So I'm not in isolation. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a state now. I can't even be in church. I cannot serve in church. I cannot be able to help anybody. Said to put into the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. Bless those. Bless those who bless you. Okay. That's the proof that nobody is here listening to what I'm saying. Because I just read off scripture. He said, bless those who what? Who persecute you. Bless those who persecute you. I was in a minister's program last year. I was shocked to my bone. A minister said something. I said, there are two prayers Jesus prayed. I can never pray. I was interested. I was like, Okay, they are talking about my Jesus. I'm interested. Said Jesus said at the cross. The first thing Jesus said at the cross after they betrayed him, after they've tortured him, after they've done this and given the cross to carry, the first thing he said is, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He said, Me, I can't pray that kind of prayer because they know what they are doing. And I was like, Yeah? I was shocked because that is the kind of Christianity we are producing today. That is not Christianity at all. If you watch the disciples, they followed Jesus step by step. Paul was not with Jesus, but look at what he said here. If you read Matthew 5, like we read two weeks ago, what did Jesus say? He says, if they persecute you, what do you do? Pray for them. He is now saying here, bless those. But that guy is saying, no, I can't do that one because they know what they are doing. Who is right, Jesus or the man? Jesus said they don't know what they are doing. He's saying they know what they are doing. I, I, I stay with Jesus. <laughs> He's the truth himself. <laughs> I mean, I stay, I stay with him. 
It may look like they know what they are doing. They ain't know what they are doing. He said, had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I, I, choose, I choose to stay with scripture. Not sentimental Christianity. Why was he saying that? So that you can kill them with prayers. That was what the president was going to. You see, whenever they need to pray, they need to justify something. They need to twist something to favor them. Unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of those prayers that is about killing enemies never find their basis for the new covenant. They always go to old covenant. So far, not that we should leave. And some people have, I, I, I was sharing with somebody, I said some people have come to church for Sunday service. Eh? Family come to church for Sunday service and they go back home separated. Why? One prophet saw and said, the woman is the problem why the man is not succeeding in life. That she's the witch. And the Bible says, suffer not the witch to, to leave. Because they can't kill her in church. Because they kill her in church, the church will be a problem. So you know advise the woman, the man, you know what to do. So they are going back home. Families are divided. Rosting is here. We, see, we saw things back in those days. Some people, it's not even the, the father or mother, it's even the children. There was a time, uh, we, uh, there, was, there was this documentary I played in church some years ago. How a, and a, a British guy came to Nigeria and started seeing children walking on the streets in a quiet mom. Why? Somebody somewhere saw a vision that the parents are not doing fine because the children or one of the child is the witch behind their success. So they expel, I'm talking about four-year-olds, not even 21 years old, four-year-old, three-year-old, six-year-old, left roaming on the streets. Yeah, that, that, that girl, they put nail in her head to confess. A four-year-old. Some, they will starve for five days that they will not eat until they confess. If not, you would you confess? Would you confess? First day you are not eating. Second day you are not eating. I'm not be rich. I'm not be rich. I'm not be rich. After three days, I be rich. Make a chop. I be rich. They will ex- subject them to extreme pain. Children that cannot even decide for themselves. They don't even know their, their name properly. They just, they, just, they just know the something. And you are telling them that you are the witch. Very irresponsible. Very irresponsible life. We save on pulpits. I'm telling you, it's very, and sometimes, I, sometimes I'm, I'm ashamed to know pastors. I'm, I'm ashamed sometimes. Because of the evil we are doing. Because we don't understand the Bible. The man is lazy, pure lazy. Cannot go outside and walk. And now look one small pick inside the house and I ain't believing my laziness. Hello? Some people. Woman has given birth to four children, five children. I said, Jesus, woman, you might not kill you when you marry you. Born one, not kill you. Born second, not kill you. Fourth one, that's going to plan to kill you. For what purpose? No, tell me to understand. I want to understand something. You were struggling, Abby. Which woman no one marry can enjoy a good life? So she can't kill your business. She can't follow you so far at the same time. Uh-uh. If she be true, truly she's a witch, she'll put the witch and make her business succeed. So she will enjoy the money. But you know, religion doesn't make people think. You know, this is true. She wants people to succeed in life. And so she'll not be in the same house. I may not be suffering, drinking gary with you, morning tonight. Religion blocks the brain. It blo- I mean, it blocks, it, see, it takes your brain, eh? Put it inside, inside the same box. Then put inside the, the box inside colo, nail it. Then put the colo inside the coffin. 
and take it to the river and bury it. That's what religion can do. You look for everybody to blame for yourself. And now look for an irresponsible prophet to appoint somebody in your family. So some went back home like that. Husband, as, as you might entering the house, say, as you are entering the house, they're packing your load out of the house. Some of the children, they, as they're entering the house, they're packing, they throw their load on the street. Why? Somebody said something. No, uh, uh, you know, the, the atrocity is, is horrible. It's, 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 to think about this, it's, it's horrible. It says, bless those who persecute you. Do not curse. Rejoice with those who what? Rejoice. I read a lady's post yesterday on Facebook. She said she, um, she had a, a, a desire to be mentored by this man, uh, Tony Elumulu, his foundation. Her friend wrote it on Facebook that one day she will be under us to meet with man. Thing came to pass this year. She was not rejoicing that her friend got it. She also applied for the thing, but her name was not called. After she posted, uh, um, made a post to her, you know, celebrate her friend, the next day she was called for the same thing. Some people, somebody else is doing well. Hmm. What they are doing? Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of you to celebrate with them. Rejoice with them. The African thing, we don't like when I was to succeed. So when people are succeeding, they will not be hiding success. So, I don't, don't, don't have my own project though. Because I will see the eyes that are not appreciative. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. I read it again. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Do not be wise in your own opinion. My opinion must win in this case. Look at 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Let me read that place from the message. It says, it says Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. You know, I read this one because it's not every time people we curse loudly. <laughs> you know that kind of curse that they are cursing you, but you don't know they are cursing you. Like, in like, then they can quickly switch from that one to. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> okay. L- laugh with your happy friends when they are happy. Share tears when they are down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Make friends with nobodies. There are nobody in society. Make friends with them. You see, some people disregard gate men. And they want to meet the CEO. They don't know that that gate men, they know many things. The gate men, they know many things. Be friendly with them. It says, in verse um, 17, don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. And that's one thing I've actually learned. Everyone has beauty in them. They might give you the, their rough edges. Look beyond the rough edges and look for the beauty in them. 
if you focus on the beauty in them, you will find something to make them um, worthwhile with, with uh, spending what time and uh, time with them. If you've got it in you, get it, uh, get along with everyone. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says the Lord. I'll take care of it. So instead of you trying to find your way to get the matter sorted, said to let God Himself settle the score. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Your love in us is greater than the hatred in the world. Your love in us is greater than the pains and the hurts in the world. Your love in us is greater than the unforgiveness that exists in the world. We function exists.